You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 317 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good, good. What's been happening in Gina world? Oh, I'm very excited about this week's uh, podcast episode, Personal Projects with guest Scott McCauley. Uh, that's mm. very exciting. But Val, I just uh, wrapped up, just finished recording the uh Ask Me Anything with the Gold members and cool. uh, fantastic uh, that so many great questions came in. Like we've got um, one of the uh, the members was uh, asking about uh, she's doing a, a, a shoot for a radio station, so um, posing groups of two and three, so we workshopped that. We also did, uh, we've got another member who's um, going to be shooting group shots, but like time is time sensitive, so we worked out nutted out a lighting system that you can work with when you're doing high pressure shoots because it's really important to know how to you know uh, set up so that you can just have a a, a good lighting setup that's going to work for a larger group but also will work for a a smaller group and then we've got uh, one of the members doing a uh, a COVID wedding lots of COVID weddings happening at the moment so there's limited numbers but also limited time so like again Mm. how to set up the lighting so that you can do that shoot inside and then what are the options for shooting the couple outside and then we've got uh one of the members is doing 600 headshots what a fantastic gig to score yeah amazing so we workshopped that the best way to light that because obviously again this is um you know you're not going to have all day to work with so how to get the best out of the uh the the model that you're photographing in that small time time frame and also how to light consistently uh without having to move around and also the best way to um set up and pose your models uh to work uh in that sort of situation so the the goldies are killing it at the moment and it's been fantastic to just be able to sit down with them today and just workshop all of those scenarios so that they can now go off and uh shoot with confidence Brilliant. And if you're wondering what a Goldie is, they are members of the Gold community. And if you're interested in that, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold community. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold community over at GinaMilitia.com, I asked Rebecca Martin why she joined. I was reading your book. I bought your video about posing, which was extremely helpful. And from there, I got into the gold community. There's so much. Uh, (laughs) Everyone is so encouraging and very helpful. And it's so nice that 
you are there and you, you know, take that personal interest in each one of us and help guide us and push us to the next level. What's also nice is all your tutorials and we can go back and learn it before we do it. And then even with the editing, oh, how do I get the red out of their skin? We just go back in a tutorial and go through it as we're editing. It's fabulous. I think I've grown. I feel much more confident. Now I can post and know that I am really getting good advice and they're seeing things that I may not see. Everyone is just so encouraging. If they're serious about photography and they want to grow and learn, this is the place to be. Absolutely. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so this week we have a guest. Who is it, Gina? So Scott McCauley is uh, originally based in New Zealand, but he's now based in Melbourne, and he is a uh, portrait, commercial portrait photographer, lifestyle photographer. And I came across uh, one of his images from an email I received uh, from Christina Force, who's uh, like his mentor, and the image stopped me in my tracks and so I had to investigate and I went and checked out his folio and it's fantastic. I really love uh, particularly his personal projects and um, uh, they, they really stand out to me and uh, so I wanted to investigate this further. So we had a really honest chat about uh, his early struggles getting um, his photography business started and um, the importance of building relationships to get your, your photography started and uh, he talks about the importance of uh, mentors and then we get into um, how he uh, finds the ideas to uh, use his uh, personal projects because the idea of personal projects Val is like when you're doing work for other people they're making the calls there's a lot of uh, stylistic de decisions and um, you know the overall look of the shot is usually uh, the decision of the client and it's not until you get to um, down the track in your career where like the ultimate for a photographer is when the client rings you and says hey we saw that shoot that you did uh, we want something very similar. So they hire you for the for your style. And that's, I think, mm. the aim of every portrait photographer. Like how beautiful is that to get to get something like that? So so we talk about that and uh, planning and executing these uh, personal projects. And I, I can't stress enough how important it is that everyone um, takes some time out of their work you know the the commission work that they're doing to really focus on something personal something that means something it's, it's pointless thinking up a personal project and just saying oh uh i see everyone else photographing you know motor mechanics i should do that too if it doesn't mean like, imagine you doing motor mechanics val you'd be like Ew, it's dirty i got like Ew, i got i got grease you'd be like a cat you'd have that look on your face for sure right but if I was to say to you, hey, Val, I want you to do a personal project on Bon Jovi, yeah. oh, my God, you wouldn't sleep for three years until it was finished and you would know everything. You would be so into it, right? 
So yeah. it's re- or or bl- bl- what do you collect? Blowtorches or or, I don't type, or typewriters. <laughs> you could do yeah, or, yeah. or you know um, wallpaper. You could mm-hmm. you could definitely because you're fascinated by those subjects. So you know mm-hmm. we we talk about that and also like working during uh covid lockdowns which you know i'm still in lockdown val and mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people around the world um, might be looking at going back into lockdown for some mm. so like how he navigated that and we also you know talked about looking after your mental health during um these times and um also his uh, gear and lighting choices uh so yeah shall we have a listen Absolutely. Let's have a listen to Scott. Scott McCauley, welcome to the show. How are you going? Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Thank you. I'm uh, super excited to chat to you today. Uh, before we start, where in the world are you? Uh, I am in Melbourne. Melbourne. So you're you're suffering this lockdown like I am. Sure am. Yeah, uh, sure am. How 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 has it been for you during this time? Because it's like um, I think uh, the 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 listeners in the rest of the world are well aware. I've been talking about it every week. Uh, it's it's been a challenging time, but probably in terms of uh, the rest of the world, I think here in Melbourne we've probably had to endure one of the uh, longest uh, kind of lockdown quarantine periods uh, in in the world in any other city. So like. Um, what have you been doing to uh, keep your sanity and keep your hand in there with your photography and how, how has it been affecting you? Oh, look, initially it was like, a, like I think it was probably just a bit of a novelty, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like I'm probably one of the lucky ones where we're, um, we're, we're safe at least and we're, we're, um, um, my wife's got a job, you know, mm-hmm. so we're, we've, we've got all of that still sort of going on. Um, I think it's been a, a good opportunity for me. I've spent a lot of time with my five-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we first sort of started making a few little uh, how-to videos. You know, uh, he and I just to sort of keep ourselves amused while while we weren't allowed out of the house. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, it is. It's um, it's it's dragging on a little bit for me now. I'm quite keen to get out and um, and get back to work. Um, so yeah. So apart from producing those little videos with Oscar and you know a few bits and pieces to keep. He and I sane. I, I, um, I managed to get a personal series shot, uh, albeit a very short one at this stage. But yeah. you never know when uh, we open up again. I'm hoping I can grab a few more of those um, once we're allowed outside again. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it, it's been tough, and uh, I think we're all uh, chomping at the bit to get out there again now. And I know I'm certainly hanging out. Um, when so. D- you you've been in Melbourne for uh, a few years now, and you came across from New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah, coming coming up on three years at, uh, at Christmas time, um, and before that, I, we were uh, my wife and I were in New Zealand um, for about six years. I'm obviously a Kiwi, but um, she and I met in London. I was there for about twelve years before that. So um, we've been um, lucky enough to move around a little bit. Um, she got offered a job in Melbourne, which was sort of um, kind of too good to, to refuse, really. So so we sort of ended up packing up our bags um, fairly quickly within the space of a month or two and then um, and moving here. Um, she's Australian, so it's sort of probably about time or it was her turn to um, to live in her country, I shall, <laughs> yeah. shall we say, you know. So, um, yeah, look, um, I've had a bit of a bit of a sort of a history of travelling around. Um, yeah. 
my mates all joke to me that if start things you know things start going too well, I I sort of up sticks and move somewhere. So um, <laughs> I'll um, I, but I think we've, we've sort of settled on Melbourne for a, for a good long time now. You know, we've got a little little boy who's just starting school next year. We want to try and be as um, settled as we can for him. So, so did you start your photography career in the UK? No, I um, I started in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and I think I was there for about ten years. Um, as you know, as you know, as my business, my business sort of started there, and we, you know, it took about ten years to sort of um, get going. Decided that I wanted to move to London, and uh, and did that. Thought I'd only be there for about six months, but um, but it turned out that it worked out quite well for me. So it was a good, it was a good move in the end, and I ended up being there for about twelve years, all up, I think. So, so was this a, a decision to become a photographer? Was this a, a like a childhood dream, or did it happen by accident? No, I wanted to be a pharmacist like my dad. When right. Was... <laughs> but, you, um, your dad's I, I been was... a big influence on your life. There's a beautiful oh, quote in your bio that you talk about. Your dad used to drop me at school. His shop was a 10-minute walk away, and I remember holding his hand and looking up at him as we walked. He says, um, uh, and... You, I'm looking up at you know you've you've done lots of uh, personal projects and you're looking up to everyday business owners who are working hard to make a living, and uh, I think I think that's beautiful. So so what you know was watching your dad in the pharmacy and how he uh, developed relationships with he, his customers was that a big influence on you and how you approach your business? Yeah, I, I mean it might be a little bit old school now, but um, I think. Face-to-face dealings with people are really important. Making making those connections in person and um, and building up sort of relationships. I think that's how I've gone about, yeah. um, you know, going, you know, running my business. And I, that's obviously largely due to him. Both of my parents have been pretty influential. Uh, you know, I found myself starting to quote my mum quite a lot recently. So um, that's um, that's a little bit frightening when you start doing that, isn't it? But um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, they both had uh, a huge influence on my on my life. My dad, obviously, with his business, um, and um, you know, I think well, it was a family business, really. So we've all myself and my brother and sister and my and my mother, you know, all worked in there at some stage throughout our sort of our lives, um, and and just seen how you know how he dealt with people, really, is yeah. is, um, is really been a bit big and a big influence and really important. Um, to the way I work, I think. Well, I think that whole, um, you know, making personal relationships, I, I think it's so important, uh, you know, for, for a photography business and uh, I think it's the most important way to uh, grow the business is, you know, because once you work with one person and they like working with you, they're going to go away and tell other people and, uh, you know, I, I grew my business through word of mouth and, you know, I mean, how long have you been shooting for now? Um, 30 years. Yeah, so same. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, so 20 years of that was without social media. So so we had no choice. It was choice. nice, wasn't it? Yeah. It was really... <laughs> What's your take on social media? Because I'm a bit like, you know, I, I, I love that I can share my work instantly with the world, but there are aspects of social media that I just, I don't enjoy. I find um, some of it a bit fake. Um, and I think you will delve well, into the project yeah, that you're talking about as well. Project, yes. Project, you know, I, I think I've just been a bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Uh, 
and and just but with some yeah some of the things you see on social media now just really I just do not get but yeah. um, maybe that's just because I'm a grumpy old man who knows so so um, yeah so to tell tell me about getting started in photography so you know what was that what was that moment when you just said yeah I can do this I want to be a, 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 a after you decided not to become a pharmacist (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've actually even you know look I probably reached that moment where I've sort of decided that I can do it several times over the last 30 years you know there's a lot of times where you you wonder whether or not you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. Um, you know get a quiet month or something and it sort of starts to eat away at you a little bit but um, oh back to my dad really I think he was the one who and I think maybe he wanted to be a photographer when when he was sort of you know growing up a little bit he's always had cameras around so I saw a bit of that old cliche my dad gave me a camera isn't it but um but he did more than that he sort of I was I was sort of failing school got asked to leave in fact and um how old were you then uh I don't know what it is here look and they've changed the they've changed the name of it now but I was I think I was about 16 or 17 I think um I did pretty well um in my first few years of high school and then the last couple I just lost interest so um, I think he realised that it wasn't working out for me, so he, um, after the school, sort of suggested I moved on. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I went and did a sort of a six-month course. I thought it was going to be hospitality and tourism, but it ended up being a secretarial course. So it was um, a little, um, you know, tips on makeup and and how to, you know, be a receptionist and bits and pieces, which. Yeah. That didn't sort of inspire me hugely either. But in the end of the day, I got a job in a hotel and put myself through art school, right. um, which was, you know, sort of. I think eventually, Dad just got sick of me kicking around the house, and he dragged me along to the to the local art school and enrolled me. Pretty much, I think he realised that that's kind of what I wanted to do, uh, even if I hadn't figured it out myself, you know. So, so there. So it was sort of a um, bit of a nudge in the right direction from him there as well. But like and- I say, I think he he possibly wanted to be a photographer when he was growing up too. And did you get work at like how did you go from art school to starting a business? Did you get work as an assistant or how did that look? Um, yeah, sort of three or four years of art school and then um, uh, you know I, I graduated and I, I don't know what it is when you're um, you're just sort of leaving leaving an art school I, I was pretty cocky and pretty pretty yeah. full of myself and I you know, I jumped into a studio straight away. I didn't. I didn't, didn't even um, get a job as an assistant or do any assisting. Um, went and went and bought all the gear. Got a decent sized loan. Went and bought all the gear and jumped into a studio with my second-hand mobile phone and um, sat there twidd- twiddling my thumbs for about six months, waiting for all the calls to come. I, I did the same thing. I did <laughs> and, the uh, same. It, it did, the confidence for me. I think. Uh, that was a pretty good uh, lesson in um, humility right there, you know. Yeah. So after six months, I sort of had to sell everything and, and pack it all up. And I just um, try to think how it all worked. I think I went back to art school for a year. They offered me a scholarship to go back wow. and finish my degree. So um, so I did that, and I ended up sort of very nearly failing that too because I pretty much just used their studio as a, to, as a little start, you know, to, to start up and you know a new business there, um, and once I graduated with my degree, I I did end up getting an assisting job and and um, you know being sensible sensible about it. I want to work for a guy uh, for a year and a half at full time as his assistant, and mm. that that was pretty much where I learned um, about photography. I think I you know art school didn't teach me a huge amount. 
Well, it teaches you the skills and I think it gives you the connections as well and and you learn how to collaborate, I guess, and work with other people and see other styles. But I think like the, the, the business side of photography, not so much the ins and outs of how to run a business, but how to keep going in a business when you, um, you know, come across certain hurdles. How, how was uh, your, your parents, how did they uh, influence you in that respect? Because like growing up as when you, your dad runs a business, did you see that there were times when um, it, it was either he was doing really well or there were quieter times? Did that have an influence? Because it certainly influenced me with the people that I worked for to see that, you know, there were times when they were either super, super busy or doing nothing. You know, yeah, it was no, nice was to see that. And, and Dad often comments on that. He said, like, he, um, all he had to do to get customers was to open the doors, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. he he had a, a good business, and I, I never sort of – I was never aware of any sort of quiet times. I'm sure there probably were, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he worked hard to get to work that business going. But um, but as a retail business, you do. You, you, you sort of turn up at 8.30, open up the doors, and people walk in, don't they? So yeah. That's a completely different thing when you're a photographer or an artist. You know, you, you've obviously got to be um, in front of people somehow uh, all the time so that you're, you know, front of mind, I guess. Um, and like you said before, like word of mouth has been the strongest sort of source of work for me. Um, and, I, and I think it still plays a really important part. Yeah, and it's sort of... Um... I think you've got to be disciplined at the start because you you talk about like you know naively opening the, that first business and just saying well here it is uh, you know where is everyone and I think uh, a lot of people starting out might uh, you know sort of get slapped in the face by well, for that, when you think about it now does it but then maybe there's that retail yes um, aspect creeping in there I thought maybe I thought it was going to work the same way but. Um... It, it it doesn't. <laughs> so I so thirty years was the New Zealand uh, experiencing the same sort of recession that Australia was thirty years ago because that's when I started and I I started uh, just as the uh, the recession was hitting in Australia and I I was working part time in. Um, in restaurants at that time and I remember one of the first restaurants I was working in during lunch service um, you know the bank came and started you know carrying out the furniture and closed the business down and uh, one of the photographers I was uh, uh, sharing a studio with lost his house and um, you know I went and worked for another business where they they'd lost everything so that for me was like I think at the time it it felt really harsh but it, but now looking back I think that was probably one of the the best lessons I could have experienced early on because it taught me to I just decided at that time I'm going to be so frugal with my money and uh, you yeah, know not yeah. not take when it's boom time um you know celebrate and obviously work as hard but also you know plan for those quiet times what was that experience like for you at the start? Was it was it harsh in in New Zealand I, at the time? I don't think it was. I, well, I don't recall it being that way. I know um, that year and a half I assisted. Um, we were busy, busy, busy. Um, yeah. And I'm not entirely sure. I think I probably um, finished that job and went on a little. Um, I think I took a, about six months and did a bit of travelling. So. Yeah. Um, so I was I was away in Europe 
then uh, so I don't recall any sort of a recession when I started out um, and maybe I think I was lucky when I came back I sort of jumped into a studio with a couple of other guys and and things seems to seem to go really nicely so um, I don't recall but having said that I have um, been through you know obviously the global financial crisis yeah. I was in the I was in the UK and that was right that was pretty tough um, that was probably the first one I really remember but I, you know obviously I've been a business for 30 years I've been through um, two or three of them now um, and I, I don't see the, the one coming up is it going to be all that much fun either isn't it but then look yeah. maybe maybe it takes a bit of pressure off um, with regards to you know getting out there and furiously drumming up work. I'm, I think this um, last six months I've been able to sort of reflect a little bit on what I really want to do uh, and who I really want to work for, you know. So uh, I can be a bit more targeted, I think. And also, it, like having been in business that long, there's that resilience that you know, all right, I've been in this position before and I've come through and, and you know that. Does, does that help? Having yeah, look, that, I think that yeah. probably does give you a little bit of confidence, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it's just that, and, it, and also, I mean, you could you could look at it. Um, you know, there's always going to be a quiet period of time, two or three, you know, periods of time during a year, even yes. where where there's not a lot going on. Um, yeah. And if you if you've, it takes a long time to get used to, but once you are, you 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 kind of just roll with it a little bit. I know yeah. my wife my wife struggles with the idea of not having any work for three or four weeks, but. Um, you know, then you then you'll get a big job, and it'll be you know three months worth all at once. So um. yeah, and it's just it's just re- remembering that that, that 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 there's something's coming. It's like um, I, I've had uh, one full time job in my life. It lasted for three months, and uh, you know I, I like to say I've never I've never had a job in my life. You know, so I've been running this business. So yeah. um, you know, it, it's important to be able to learn how to make the most of the downtime. And it that takes a little while. Like I remember the first, and I think you probably had this experience too, the first time like you go from being busy, busy, busy till the phone stops ringing, you take it personally. <laughs> and you, oh, think, you take this is it, it's right, over. Yeah. I'm never going to get another phone call again. <laughs> no one wants me, it's all over. But like Nobody as... likes as, me anymore. <laughs> And it's hard to like because you think I should be doing stuff. I should be working on my folio. I should be picking up the phone and getting out there. But you just don't feel like it. So how did you overcome that? What 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 are your strategies? Um, you know, in the past during um, downtimes. Um, they've been different. I mean, in New in New Zealand, my first ten years in business, I was lucky enough to have um, some really good friends who were they weren't. Uh, photographers or creatives but they work for themselves you know so we'd we'd have a few long lunches and um, you know a bit of a catch-up when we all lived in the same sort of area so you know you you just had that little sort of community of, of people around you that you spent some time with and well you used to think it was a great joke you know I, I'd sort of get out of bed at 10 o'clock and wander into the studio and not and not do much you know lie down on the couch or something like that you know but that you actually there's th- there's things you've got to do to look after yourself yeah um, and and just getting out and um, seeing some mates or you know spending that time with with your family if you can um, yeah I, I've I've probably said it to a few people that um, you, you've got to make the most of it really if you've got a downtime because I mean that's the thing is having the confidence to know that you're going to be busy again at some stage yeah and and, and when you have that confidence it, it really yeah. helps yeah. You got to get out and spend some time with your mates and and um, 
and just sort of puts because when you're busy you don't have time for anybody else do yeah. you you know it's pretty much all 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 in so um you know i was talking to um my mentor the other day about it and she's like well you just got to look after yourself when you get the, when you get the chance you know it's um you're you're a creative and I, I think the last sort of couple of years i've been trying to fit myself into a sort of a schedule like that that most most people would would have as you know, with with a full time job, yeah, um, and that's not been working out so well for me. Uh, I think it's been um, pretty tough on my mental health, trying to sort of squeeze myself into a, a different different shape hole. Yeah, you know? um, and so I've just, you know just sort of realised that I need to you know go like I say go for longer walks with a dog and take yeah. a bit of time for myself and uh, have a coffee with a friend, um, you know, and 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 then just sort of I'm you know obviously trying to remember. To have the confidence to know that there'll be there'll be work out the other end of this as well. So yeah, and, and so how Christina Force is your mentor, and yeah. uh, we've we've I've interviewed yeah. her on the show. She's fantastic. How important do you think having uh, that mentor has been in your in your career, and 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 other mentors? Oh look, I think in a, uh, if you don't have a mentor and you're in a creative industry, then you you need you need to get one. I think it's important because mm. um, oh look, I was. I was at the point of giving up when I sort of, sort of, randomly got an email from Christina, one of her, you know, um, mailouts, just sort of with a little, a little, um, what was it? It was sort of just a little task for people to do, you know. And I did it, and I thought, well, uh, I, I just said, I sort of, because I'd known her for a long time, so I just emailed her and said, look, I want to get on your your next course. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, you know, I've been at, been at the point where I've wanted to pack it in a few times over the years, and and you get over it. But it wasn't one of those times. I was, you know, I was really struggling to, you know, to get past a bit of a block. And um, I don't think I would be a photographer now. I don't know what I'd be doing, but I wouldn't be a photographer if it wasn't for her. And and it's a lot of things. It's like it's it's uh, someone who's uh, slightly ahead of you, and then there's other people in that community that are also slightly ahead of you, and and just putting your hand up and saying, um, hey. I feel like this or, hey, I'm experiencing this. And to hear back from several other people who say, yeah, yeah, I went through that. Yeah, I've had those feelings. Yeah, that's I've been there. It's so comforting, don't you think? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, and you, you sort of get a bit self-involved, or at least yep. I do. You, know, you worry about your own stuff. And um, what I realise is if you sort of can get out there and start helping other people, it sort of makes... <laughs> makes um, oh, excuse me. <laughs> doorbell <laughs> um, yeah it makes it makes it a, um, a much nicer thing to have a you know a group of people you can just chat to about it yeah 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 I, th- I think uh, community is uh, really important so when you were uh, starting out what sort of work were you doing uh, early on um, I was doing a lot of fashion stuff um, yep. a lot of fashion catalogs um, yeah, I think it was the majority of my work was coming from from just those sort of those catalogs, you know, the fashion catalogs. I don't know, um, as an example here, I don't, I couldn't tell you, but um, it'd be like your your Myers and your David yeah. Jones, like yeah. this, um, just in studio. Um, uh, yeah. And those uh, those shoots can be full on. It's intense. They're long days, and like when you were you contracted to uh, like that's some big companies where they just like churn through the shots. 
Well, it wasn't on contract, but I, I was, um, yeah, it was, it was sort of, you know, big, big long days, um, you know, shoot as much as you possibly can. Um, but, but they were great too, because, you know, I, I knew over a two month period, I'd have 10 days with the work booked in already, you know, so, mm. but, um, it wasn't the, um, the greatest work in the world and none of it made it into my portfolio, but it was, it was, you know, it was nice to have those, um, those relationships with. Uh, someone who you who you just relied on to have um, a couple of days, you know, every week, really. So, so while you were doing that, you're like you're getting paid and you're making okay money and you know covering all your bills and like as you said, none of that makes it into the portfolio. How important was doing personal work back then for you? Were you doing it or were you just trying to just I, keep I up wasn't. with the work? I yep. was totally focused on the money, which yeah. was. A big mistake in hindsight, um, and oh, you know I wish I'd thing. had I wish I'd had Christina as a uh, a mentor yeah. a whole lot sooner, because yeah. um, I'd be I'd be in a different place I think. But um, uh, look, I've, I've um, yeah, I've I've only really sort of started doing that in the last sort of six or seven years really, and uh, and to be honest, I'm I'm doing some of the stuff that I've been most proud of um, work wise because of it. So, what's the biggest difference between Working for a client and doing your own um, personal projects, like how does it look? How does it feel? Uh, what's the difference? Well, you're you're you're, you're, you're your own art director, aren't you? I mean, you get to do what you want. Um, mm. You know, look, I mean, occasionally you'll get a client who has that same sort of vision, and that's what I think um, I've been aiming to to get to here since we moved is to find those clients that align with how I like to shoot, you know, rather than just trying to shoot stuff for the money. That's the holy grail, isn't it? When a client yeah, calls you yeah. up and says, hey, we saw this uh, this shot, this shot, this shot that you did. Can you do that for us? It's just like, oh, my God, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you get sent off by yourself or with a little team and, and, and you get to shoot stuff that um, in, your, in your sort of style, you know, so... Um, Look, I think personal work uh, is, is is crucial, and like I say, I wish I'd probably been a bit more focused on it a, a lot a lot longer ago. But. So, so for the um, new photographers that are listening and the beginners, like you know, when you're starting out, you're just happy to get a gig, and it's just so exciting. But it is it is different because you've got like um, clients that are, are dictating how the shoot. Uh, should look so um, you know there's an art director who has a vision and uh, the client that wants certain things and then you kind of uh, like I began to feel in in certain situations that I was just there to push the button and there was times when I just like felt like I don't I don't even need to be here like they're, they're calling <laughs> all the shots did you ever feel like that in some of the things in some of the shoots yeah. that you did? Yeah, yeah, all the time. But mm. that's the thing, you know. But you, you you need to pay your bills. Yeah, you need to sort of build up a bit of equity, don't you? And get some gear yourself, to, so that you can, and also, you know, have that money in the bank, so that you can do stuff for yourself. So, um, yeah. Look, I think I was I was just a um, pushing the button for the most part for the for the first ten years of my career, at least. Um, and, and so, when you started doing uh, those personal projects, what what uh, how was that different to you? How was the feeling different? How was the look of the photos different? And how was the reaction? Oh, the reaction is is um, is a whole lot 
sort of better than. But also, it's you know, I'm 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 proud to show people that stuff. Yeah. Whereas things I've shot, you know, for clients, you not always want anyone, you know, you don't always want anyone to see it. Um, you, you you like you say, you press the button and you send the invoice. Um, but that's that's part of it. You've got to do that too, don't you? So, um, I think it's just a matter of building building up that confidence. I remember a client that I had. Um, I think I was probably been in business for about five or six years, and you know, I'd, I'd lit. It was a sort of a runway type thing that we were trying to shoot on. It was fashion stuff, and uh, I'd lit it, and I'd chosen my lens, and I'd Polaroided it, um, and it all looked really good. And the client, he had a little, you know, he'd been a bit of, he'd done a bit of photography. You know, they're always the ones that you've got to watch, don't, aren't they? You know, that he um, he sort of came up, and so he. He was the art director, and we were, he was freelancing to the to the actual client, and uh, he sort of said, "Look, oh, I wonder if you should um, change that light over there, and change your lens, and do that." And so we we fuffed around for about an hour doing what he wanted to do, and in the end, we we ended up right back where I started with that very first Polaroid, and we got on with it. But um, that, that's a you know, delicate dance, isn't it, oh, with the client? The thing you can't just go nut. Nah, you've got to you've got to let them come to that conclusion all on their own don't they but, so um, what do you do because obviously like now you've got more experience and you, you'll still come across those clients where it's like uh okay this is how we want it lit this is the vibe this is the mood what what is your approach because i, I always say to uh, my students that when you're doing a shoot it's one for the client but always come away with something for you um how do you yeah, look, approach you've time, that? If you've got time and you can tweak it a little bit so that it's a little bit more what you, what you want, then then absolutely. Um, I feel like these days I want to try and get all that nailed down before we even get into the you know yep. the situation where we're shooting. That that all has to come down in pre-production and bits and pieces. Um, you can you know maybe show them some tests or, or at least they'll come to you with with a. Um, a brief and some examples of exactly how they want it done. I think that has to be nailed down before you even get to the point of shooting. Because otherwise, if you're on a shoot and you're wasting an hour or two, just you can't afford it because there's a lot too many people. And and you know, uh, especially the new photographers listening, you need to be aware that there are a lot of people involved in the decision making, and that can be a good thing if everyone's on the same page, or it can be an absolute uh, <laughs> nightmare because yeah. you've got. You know, clients, art directors, and everyone needs to uh, justify being on set. So everyone's putting their five cents worth in. Yeah. Ha- ha- yeah. And you, as the photographer, need to be able to control everything and and kind of, um, without being um, difficult, kind of control the narrative. Ha- how do you find what what's your technique for dealing with those oh. sorts of situations? You've got to be assertive, don't you? Yes. And that's what comes with experience a little bit. Um, you know, these days, um, if someone sort of suggested I change the light or a lens, I'd probably just tell them why why it's not going to work as yeah. opposed to mucking around for that long, you know. But then I've got that experience because I know it's I know, I know I've, I've done it before. I've I've sort of pandered to the, the the client a little bit more or the art director more than I should have, yeah. and um, and not being confident enough to say, look, you know. Let's just shoot it like this, um, and at the end, if you want me to change something, we can we can give it a go as well. But um, you know, from experience, you kind of know that what what does and doesn't work straight away. Yeah, that that's a, that's a good point. It's so a, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a balancing. It's a tightrope, you know, walking that line a little bit, you know, because you don't want to 
um, piss anyone off. But yeah, at the end of the day, you, you've also got to have the confidence to say, look, this is this is what we agreed on, and this is this is what you know we need to sort of start with at least. And if you need to change it uh, once we've got a you know once I've got the shot, and then then we can have a play. And it's just that it's backing yourself as well because often you will uh, work with uh, inexperienced clients as well that just have an idea of like, oh, hey, there's this location. It's beautiful. I took a shot on my iPhone. Have a look at this. This is what we should use. And you know that it's just going to be awful. Um, Do you come up with other suggestions or how do you dance around that sort of thing? Um, Yeah, uh... That's, yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because, I mean, you've got to try and, you know, the, the, there's a there's a saying in business, isn't there, that the client is always right yeah. and you've got to, you do. Um, and I think possibly working in hotels when I was younger and, you know, I was, I think, like a, a bellboy or concierge or something, you've got to, you've got to make sure everyone's happy. And I think, so I've got a little bit of a, bit of, um, I guess, a few little tricks I can use. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now what, what it is, but I think also, um being used to sort of dealing with people uh, in, in different situations really helps. Um, but again, it comes down to confidence, just to sort of yeah. keep your keep your um, ideas and, and and keeping it. You know, I mean, on a shoot, you're the you're the person in charge in a lot of ways. You've got to make sure it all runs because anything goes wrong and you're you're it's taking the you. blame. It doesn't matter who who gets involved. You know, there's you've got clients and art directors and bits and pieces you know all sorts of people chipping in but at the end of the day none of them are taking the blame if it all gets stuffed up are they so yeah um you've got you've got a bit of confidence to to push back sometimes in a, in a nice way i guess and i think you know what's important is that you know um who you are as a photographer and what your style is yeah. uh, and what works and having that confidence because if you're not a hundred percent confidence that no no this lighting is going to work then it's very hard to convince the client of that isn't it yeah and look in these days it's a whole lot easier because they can see it right on the screen can't they so um that that's um that's a bit easier you know it used to be a little bit harder to sort of translate a polaroid or whatever um but um you've got that um yeah so there's a few tools where you can sort of say look well we can have a quick play it doesn't take quite as long i guess to to make those changes, um, and if you can do it quickly, maybe that is a way of getting around it, humouring someone. But but also, you've obviously got to, you know, these, there's a huge amount of pressure, time pressure um, these days too. Everyone thinks because it's digital, it's quicker. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, I, I admit, I, I kind of missed the the one and a half minutes where you'd stand around and have a chat while your Polaroid was cooking. But um, yeah, so for the uh, people who aren't familiar, but <laughs> in the in the days of film, uh, you'd uh, because we were shooting uh, film, there was no way to show the client what the photo looked like, and also to determine if our exposure was correct. So we would take a, a Polaroid shot, which is an instant photo, to show to the client and. Uh, there was all these little tricks that I used to use with the Polaroid just to get the client on side. Like I, I always overexposed my skin tone so that it's particularly if you were dealing with uh, divas, 
they just wanted to look good. You couldn't convince them that, like, no, no, this will look great. We'll pick up the skin, don't mind, we'll fix that. And you show them these photos where their skin tone looks amazing. Then you've got them on side, which is like, you know, the luxury of digital. You can do that all the time now, but it wasn't the case. And it was like five bucks a pop for a Polaroid as well. And, yeah, you'd take the Polaroid and then you'd have to wait. You'd stick it under your arm. Is that what you did to warm it up? Stick it under, yeah, yeah. Or rub it. having T-shirts with holes under the arm, you know, with all the chemical burns. But, you know, look, it was... It was quite a nice way of of working, I think, because you know you'd 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 get that Polaroid signed off, and 45 shots later you're done with that shot and you can move on. Whereas these days, there's just keep shooting and shooting. You come up with thousands of frames on on a shoot now, don't you? Rather than you know. Do Do you still shoot like you're shooting film? Um, did you like because I found that like having you know three or four rolls a shot if you, you that, that which was quite a luxury you yeah. just had to learn to just you knew intuitively because you couldn't see the photos but you just knew i got it that was the one i got it yeah. i know that yeah. that was frame seven that was it but we'll <laughs> shoot a few more now do you feel that way like i imagine you're not chimping as much as maybe photographers who are only you know ever shot digital like what's your process uh, it depends a little bit on who I'm shooting for in a way. Like I've, I've shot a quite a lot of, um, um, on-set stills and a lot of, a lot of sort of marketing and advertising clients want you to shoot their campaign while they're shooting a TV commercial at the same, you yeah. know, um, these days. So, um, you don't get the chance to direct as much as, as I would like or, or to, you know, light stuff even a lot of the time. So. I, I probably shoot a lot of a lot of frames then, you know. I mean, you just got your silent shutter on and you just fire away, really, um, because you don't, you know, you don't know when you're going to get a blink or someone's talking. You can't, you can't control their facial expressions as much as you'd like. Um, and so, in those sort of situations, I'd, I'd just shoot a lot um, and then just pick out the good ones at the end. You know, that's the, the sort of the, the easiest way to do it because otherwise, you'd, you know. You don't always get to sort of be in the, the prime spot either, do you? So No, so um, stills photography is uh, a fantastic way to cut your teeth, but it's very, very difficult because in terms of uh, the pecking order, you're the lowest and you've yeah. really got to fight and scrap for those, uh, for, for those images. And I think um, looking at your images, you can see the influence of the stills photography uh, in there how how did that help develop your uh style as a photographer working it as a stills photographer um i i think it probably just gives me the ability to to just to sort of get in there and shoot something you know i i um and and just let it be what it'll be a lot of the time you know maybe relinquishing control over how the final image is you know set up isn't quite so important to me anymore. I, I, I feel like you know I can probably shoot slightly more loosely, yeah. and still get still get a, a you know a nice a nice image. Um, I think probably just yeah, letting going a, a little bit of control sometimes actually helps, um, rather than trying to sort of set stuff up over, and over stylize it a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I and- think that's probably the, the biggest thing. And what, like, is there one image that you saw early on in your career that just stopped you in the in your tracks? And what is it in an image that you look for that just you just say that's a great image that stops me in my tracks? Is there something? 
Oh, I can't remember any particular images off the top of my head, but I, I, I think it's something that you feel rather than, mm. you know, think. Um, you know, if something stops you and you want to keep looking at it for a while, then it's obviously connected with you um, somehow. Um, I, I, you know, maybe it's an experience you've had in your life that it reminds you of, something like that. Um, I think, you, yeah, I think you get a feeling rather than, you know, think, oh, that's, you know, look, I mean, I guess you can, you can intellectualize uh, images as well, you know, and, and then sort of start picking them apart for their lighting and bits and pieces. But I think that's something, again, with the, the, the unit stills has just sort of helped me to sort of overcome everything having to be perfect, you know. Yeah. Um, I, th I think for the most part, I've, I've you know, I've, I've always been a bit of a perfectionist, you know, even at school, if I was, <laughs> I'd, I'd sometimes just hand in a cover page with a nice drawing on it and no, no content, you know, um, just because I spent so long trying to, you know, make make it look good. Um, and and then look, in a, in a way, that's probably helped me as a photographer, but also it might have helped me back a bit. Let's talk about your personal projects. So, you know, you spent uh, maybe ten years cutting your teeth and and in the photography industry and shooting all those uh, fashion campaigns, which is pretty repetitive. It's usually very similar lighting and uh, it, it, they were lookbooks, right? Most of them, kind yeah, of thing, white, and catalogs, white background, white uh, background blah, 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 blah. clean, like flat, a, even you know, lighting. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a um, you've got a job, haven't you? So you can't be too sort of ungrateful about that. Um, yeah. And, and, and like and, I but say, you're working you know, with models with, who or who give you the shot rather than you having to suggest poses or bring out the yeah, best in them because so. it's but not a, about a lot, of, a lot of those catalogs you're not working with the the best models in the world either are you sometimes you're yeah. lucky and you, and you get them um, sometimes you've got to sort of coax it out of them a yeah. little bit more yeah uh, but that's all that's all part of you know being a photographer isn't it Learn, knowing how to direct someone. So what's your go-to uh, technique for directing someone who's a bit awkward in front of the camera? I've got some really terrible cheese jokes that I try and sort of get out there and make, make <laughs> myself look as silly as, as possibly can and, and that it tends to work. But I've only got three, so I, I can only use them sparingly, you know. So. And I think that's so important um, that it, because I, I, I often um, share stories about how much I am prepared to completely make an idiot of myself and how hard I work, I work my guts out to get the shot, but I don't care how I end up looking like, you know, I will be as silly as I need to be to to, to get that model to react or, or bring something new to the to the shot. And, and you, you, you're happy yeah, to do and the same? Yeah, you've got a camera in your hand, you've got a good excuse to do whatever, haven't you? But, exactly. Um, I, I don't think I'd find myself telling anyone a cheese joke if I didn't have my camera, to be honest. It's... Um... They're not great. They're not great jokes. And I think people will probably laugh more at me than at the... Uh, exactly. The They're laughing at you, but it's okay. They're kind of laughing with you so, as well, yeah, I so guess. I, you know, get them to sort of relax a little bit um, that way. I don't necessarily... I don't know that I've taken too much in the way of laughy, smiley shots at all. But, yep. you know, once the smile goes, you get something straight away from 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 um, having them just, like, you know, drop their shoulders a bit and just go, all oh, right, okay, it's not as serious as I thought. How much you inv How much time are you investing in 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 getting that expression? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all it's all about that that expression, isn't it? You know, I mean, like, there's that um, that sort of little moment where you you've got a chance, and I, you know, you just uh, I think probably as a, in a digital world, it's easier because you can just snap away a little bit, and you you know the the shots on either side, the happy laughy ones, sometimes they work nicely too, but 
you know, once once they get sick of smiling and they just sort of relax, it it's that's when you that's when you get the gold, isn't it? Yeah. How much time are you investing before the model actually steps on set? Are you the kind of photographer that'll go over and greet the model? Do is there any little tricks to get them to feel comfortable around you? Because you're uh, like I see your photo and uh, scary, isn't it? It's well, yeah. So as a male. <laughs> Yeah. Are you tall as well? Because like yeah. six foot something, six foot. Okay, one, so you could come across as intimidating. You have got a big, beautiful smile in your in your bio um, pic, and uh, you look great. You should see but, me with a mask, with glasses on. It's um, it's not a good, it's not a good look. So, are you aware of that, like as being a, a you know a big bloke, big hairy bloke with a beard? <laughs> um, well, thank you for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> I um. I, I don't necessarily think of myself as a big hairy bloke. <laughs> as, well, I try not to. Um, I think um, the the thing about my, my group of mates when I was growing up is I was always the short fat guy. So um, I don't, I, you know, I've got I've got mates that are you know half a foot taller than me and and and, and weigh ten twenty kgs more than more than I do. So I've never really sort of myself as a as the big guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's um, I do. I, I, do you think about that? You're in like because like just talking to you now, I I can um, pick up in your energy that you are you know um, uh, deep and and um, you know caring and 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 you know your energy is quite soft. It's not aggressive at all. That's a big teddy bear, aren't I? Yes. So are you <laughs> no, aware of that? And do you maybe dial that up a bit to? Um, make sure that everyone around you feels comfortable and no one feels intimidated or they're not scared of you. Yeah, look, I mean, I'd hate to think that someone was intimidated or scared, mm-hmm. um, especially if I needed to take a portrait of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't do not do huge amounts of, well, any of that fashion modelly yeah. stuff anymore. Um, but when I did, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be there sort of having a, a bit of a chat with the makeup artist while they were doing the the, make, the model's makeup. You don't necessarily be needed to talk directly to the model, but, I, you know, just have a conversation with everybody in the room and that sort of... Have a joke, feel, have a laugh, yeah, help, say help something me. silly about something that you did just so that they feel like, oh, yeah, he's just a big teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, look, and if you've worked with a makeup artist and a stylist for long enough, you know, there's... Um, there's that element they're always sort of on your side as well aren't they so that helps so i think that's how important is that for you to have that uh that team around you because i've got like um uh lots of different makeup artists that i work with but i will specifically pick them for a job so say i'm doing a magazine shoot where someone's going to talk about how they had a serious medical issue and they need and i need and i know that i need someone to come in before and just calm the situation down i know that okay this person is perfect for that. And if I've got, you know, a certain other personality I'll bring in. Do you, do you think about that when you're um, building your team for a shoot? Yeah, well, I look, always. Um, like I say, not much fashion stuff anymore, but yep. I, I do a bit of corporate, yep. um, you know, portraiture and, uh, and, and and things like that. And I think it's important then, um, you know, I'll, I'll, the, the, they'll always come to me and say, look, what you know, what's the best price you can get us some headshots and I'll give them a price, but I'll, but then I'll always suggest a makeup artist, and I'll say, look, 
Um, it may not seem important to you, but it will make you all feel a lot more comfortable on the day. Yeah. Just to have had a little bit of time, um, you know, men and women, just yes. to have a little bit of a bit of a bit of a tidy up. Make sure your hair's all done. It gives them a bit of confidence, um, and it yeah it breaks the ice. Because it's like when you're not shooting uh, fashion, the majority of the work that you do, I know I know you do some stuff for the TV industry and people like to believe that oh, actors love having their photo taken, actors, comedians, <laughs> they hate it. They all yeah, they yeah, freeze up because yeah, they've got yeah. nothing uh, to do. Like you give them a line and, and uh, you know, a character and they're fantastic in front of the camera. But yeah, just they've got standing no problem there... with, a, with, a, with a, a moving camera, um, you know, or shooting, shooting something. Um, you like to say where they're, where they're talking or they're animated, but if they've got to stand in front of me, they, 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 no, they don't like being photographed at all. So that's 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 even more of a challenge than anyone who, you know, just your corporate headshots are, are walking the park compared to photographing actors sometimes. Exactly, and that's I think that's a challenge for everyone these days. That you know, I think the the days of uh, well, we hire this professional model who can smile in twenty five different ways. You want a warmer smile, she'll give it to you. Want a yeah. you know harder smile, she can do that. An embarrassed smile, she can do that. You, you don't get that. So. Uh, we as photographers need to know how to bring that out of the clients, and 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 often, you know, also when you're shooting your personal projects, you've you're working with people who have zero experience in front of a camera. So how are you approaching those shoots? What what are you doing when you, uh, say, uh, approaching uh, when you're approach when you're doing all your personal projects? Are they like you've just happened to walk by? I know for the one that you've just done, uh, modern fan. And so we can see this at, uh, at at your website. I'll put all the uh, links in the show notes. That was set up, so you're directing that, of course. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, those, those people um, were just people that I that I that I know. There's uh, one of the guys I played tennis with. I sort of gave him a bit of short notice to come down because I initially thought I was going to shoot myself in that shot, but then it yeah. just turned out looking it was going to be, you know using the remotes and triggers and bits and pieces is going to be a bit of a pain. So, yep. um, but yeah, just a couple of people, um, the son of one of the guys I play rugby with came and yep. did one for me, you know, uh, look, he got to have a few beers while he was on his shoot. That was part of the shot, but, um, you know, um, the, the, the princess shot was a, a made of my wife's and she was just sitting there in a piece of material that my wife had pinned on it. Um, and it was freezing cold and she did an amazing job, you know, but, um, but, um, she doesn't drink, so she couldn't drink any of the champagne in that yeah. shot, which was um, probably would have kept her a little bit warmer. Um, but yeah, it was all pretty much set up, uh, and then we just dropped her in there and shot shot a few few frames, and then she went. But um, but that was that was down to me knowing exactly what I wanted before so, we even got the camera out. You know, right, I mean, so everything was set to go how, before then. How does that work? So you've got an idea for a personal project, and so this one in in particular that you've just shot. Uh, you've got an idea. Are you then finding a location or seeing something and going, "Oh, that'd work for this," and and uh, and then kind of workshopping the idea further? How does that all look? Well, the, the nice thing about shooting personal stuff is you've got the flexibility to change things if you want to, haven't yep. you? Um, yeah. But I um, that that series, I I think I was led initially by a couple of the locations that I. And I, the, I was walking the dog, and they saw this overgrown tennis court just down the road, and I thought, oh, that'd that'd make an interesting shot. 
Um, I'd already had the concept and the treatment all, all sort of written up, and I'd had examples of what I wanted to sort of find. It wasn't an overgrown tennis court. You know, I had the, the petrol station. That's just down the road for me too, and uh, that's a beautiful old sort of retro petrol station. Yeah. That I just thought, I've got to shoot that somehow. Um, the caravan was a bit of a bit of a pain. I, I did, you know, but once I found it, it was you know I didn't have to move it. That was where it where, that's where it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I was a bit location led by those by that series. Um, and so you got an idea. I had, the, I had like... the, the the idea that I wanted to have a projector in the images. Yeah. So I was a bit dictated to by the fact that um, I needed power for the projector. I mean, I've got lights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I can use on location, so that wasn't an issue. And I popped into Bunnings while I was allowed to and grabbed a few little LED panels and bits and pieces to throw around the place. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit like going back to art school where you could sort of basically do whatever you want, you know, and, and, and light it however you want. There's no expectations. There's no clients looking over your shoulder where you've got to have all of the pro photo stuff and a couple of boxes of extra heads just um, just to look good, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to uh, set up so. lights and be shooting daylight, but I felt so guilty <laughs> that I just put lights yeah. in the frame yeah. just Can't to go, yeah, yeah. justify my fee, you know. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. I mean, there's a whole lot more expectation on you than um, than if you've just got one of your mates sitting and having a couple of beers. Um, and, you know, it takes a bit longer to maybe warm them up uh, yeah. or get them doing what you want. Um, but then you've got no time pressure, which is which is lovely. So you've got so how does it work? You find the location, like you've you've stumbled across, you've been walking the neighbourhood, you find all your locations, and then um, you obviously do a pre-test. You're not are you testing when you've got the the model there, or are you getting your background right and then bringing your model in? How, how does that? Or do you use yourself for yeah, the test? Yeah, like, like I say, these ones were sort of um, background led in the model. The model's just a sort of a, a, almost a prop too, yeah. aren't they? So to get the story across, so um, I've generally got it all pretty much set up. Um, you know, I do some light tests, and that, especially for um, for the princess shot, as she was just in the car with the heater on full bore, I think. So, yeah. um, so she just jumped out, and she's done an amazing job, looking comfortable. Um, but she was very, very cold, uh, which is always something you've obviously got to be aware of as well. Yeah. As, uh, you know, you can't have someone sitting out there and uh, in the freezing cold for, for for very long at all. Look, if you're dealing with friends, you probably get a little bit bit longer. If you had a celebrity in that position, you'd no, you'd have be happy. two minutes and, and yeah, you'd, exactly. And so um, good practice, good practice too, I suppose, for uh, you know anything else that comes along. And then once you've got these amazing images, it's like you know that's now when once you've seen, you know, you've done the first few. Now I guess. It must be frustrating for you walking around because you've probably found another fifty locations. You go, I got to shoot this place. I got it because it's like the more you do, the more you see, right? Yeah, you do tend to start seeing seeing locations like that. I've just had to sort of put it aside. Look, I know there's nothing happening for us in Melbourne for a couple more weeks at yeah. least. I've got a, a couple of clients who are keen to shoot some some portraits, but um, I'm just not allowed to, um, which is really frustrating. But you know, it's just. Just one of those things. So when you do, you did a, um, a tough oily love that that um, that series. Yeah. Is that uh, how did you approach that? Was that in Thailand? That was yeah, it was in Bangkok. Well, that was the same thing. Um, that tough oily love and a modern phantasm were part of that um, 
series project that I was telling you about that Christina Force and Billy Plummer yep. run. Yep. Uh, and, and that's it. You know, you get basically it's a five-week um, course almost where there's a number of photographers on, in the group and we're all um, conceptualizing and writing, writing ourselves a treatment of how we want, you know, or basically researching the, the topic we want to shoot. Uh, nailing all that down so it's a it's an amazing process because you just get free reign to sort of yep. let your mind go and you, you you get to sort of research especially in the Bangkok one where I mean I, I've wanted to go to, to Bangkok for, for a long time and I, I almost got there once but there was a lock-in at the Bangkok airport a uh, big protest and our plane flew right over the top so right. um, I didn't get to go but um, you know it was somewhere I've always wanted to go so I've, I've had a bit of an interest in it um, you know um, I, I, feel, I feel like um uh, you know, it was just a nice, nice time to sort of, sort of do that project. I think I'd been in, uh, I've been in Thailand the year before on a, on a, um, a shoot for Survivor, and yeah. all these, all these guys in their long tail boats were driving us around. We were, we were shooting on a lake. Yeah. And so these guys with their, you know, Corolla engines strapped on the back of a little canoe, <laughs> um, it just fascinated me, you know. And I, I've never been particularly mechanical or, or, or good, you know you know, in that way with regards to sort of putting things together or um, building stuff, but I've always been quite fascinated by it. Um, and I just, I just um, through the translators, was chatting to these guys about their engines, you know, and that. It turned out that a lot of the Corolla engines in that part of Thailand had come from Australia and New Zealand. Right. They just get recycled. Um, I mean, you think how, how long a Toyota engine goes for um, to start with, you know, and then if it's... Once the car sort of rusts away from around it, I suppose they send it off, off to these these guys, and they 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 put them on their boats, <laughs> and you know, and they, a lot of it's you know that's how people and tourists get around in um, in a lot of those little island places and lakes of Thailand. So yeah, uh, so that's where I was, and I was really interested in going back and shooting portraits of all of those guys. But um, the series project sort of made it bigger for me. It made it um, made me think about it a bit more and a bit more in depth. Yeah. Than, than just going out and taking a portrait of a guy in a boat. But yeah. There's one, there's one shot in there which I got and and I love it, but uh, but the the rest of them tell the story a whole lot better than than that one portrait. Yeah, they're beautiful and it's like, did you always like in your mind's eye when you thought, okay, this project it's going to be gritty, black and white, low light, you know, low key kind of photography. Did you always have that idea, and is that how you? Uh, like you've got that idea in your mind's eye and then you're, you're, you're looking to find the right uh, subjects or are you trying to find the backdrop first and then you're bringing the subjects in? How does that work? That, yeah, that was, a, that was a tricky one. And look, I mean, Google and Google Earth, uh, we've got all these amazing resources, haven't we? So I've yeah. pretty much just gone, gone on a little sort of walking tours through the Bangkok streets looking for locations on google maps and google earth you know and i had a whole lot of screen grabs of the places you know there was a there's a place in um, bangkok called motor city um yeah. which is basically full of all these like little shops just piled high with engine parts and bits and pieces so i'd actually nailed down a specific shop i wanted to go to and you know i didn't have any um i don't speak thai i didn't have any uh, permission at all to start with but that was part of the process you know we sort of I planned it all out here in um, uh, in Melbourne, and um, then sort of we just all we all turned up in, in Bangkok, and we had a few days on the ground to, you know, finish off our po our pre production and things like that. And I went to this location, and 
in between uh, the Google car driving past and me getting there, they'd torn it down and built a car park. Oh. So, uh, I was pretty gutted. I was pretty gutted because that was the sort of centerpiece of my my project to start with. Um, but then, look, we went on a few sort of tours, um, got a, got on the river and went out and saw a few places. And we had a, you know, couple of translators and a few people around helping us. Um, and I managed to, you know, go past a couple of places that I thought were, were, were okay. They weren't what I'd initially envisaged. But, um, you know, I, I, I think they're, they're probably looking at, at them now. In hindsight, they're still... They're still pretty good, I think. Yeah, the crackers. Uh, uh, when you say we, how, how many are you? What, what's the crew you're bringing on the shoot? Oh, look, I, like I say, there was. Um, I think there was probably um, eight or nine, maybe ten of us uh, photographers from like from all over the place. Oh, you, so you all got together to do. We all. And, we all and everyone of, uh, does. Does everyone help each other? So you've got like your vision. Your mate's got another vision, but you're all sort of uh, helping each other lug gear and, and get the shot. Not everyone's not just jumping on and getting the same photo. Oh no, it's not. It's diff- everyone has got a, a completely different concept um, of what they want to shoot when they're on this location. We'd, like I say, we spent five weeks before we'd even left um, our respective locations, and again, there were people from um, all over the world who sort of all turned up in, in Bangkok, and we had a week. To shoot our our visions, really. Um, that sounds like it, a fantastic idea. It was amazing, it, it, and you know what, photographers, um, and it, maybe it's all just me, but um, in in my early career, photographers are all pretty guarded about yes. their work and what they, Not you know, now. their contacts and. But what's the point, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, and I, I probably was too, to be honest. Um, yeah. But it was it was a lovely experience just getting to get to know all these people, and you know, you, you we go out on our own. Um, and, and shoot our stuff during the day and come back and have a couple of beers in the hotel and have a chat and, you know, and, and discuss the images that we got. And then, you know, all the feedback sort of obviously I think made the project stronger for yeah. everyone um, because people will go, oh, what about this? And, oh, I saw this location that might be good for you today. And so there was a huge amount of, um, you know, working together. We weren't, we weren't shooting the same thing by any means, but, yeah. you know, there's – 10 people out and about in Bangkok and they each know what the other person's shooting. And so, you know, you come back after one night and you go, oh, look, <laughs> my location isn't there anymore and it's a car park. And there's, uh, you know, nine other people saying, well, I saw this today. Go and, go and check this out or go oh, and go fantastic. here. So, so you're all uh, helping each other out so and you're n- noticing. Yeah. yeah. We, with the um, lighting for this, uh, because it's kind of run and gun, I mean, I'm sure the – everyone was really obliging with the photos but they don't give you much time because they've got to get on with their work right so how does that work how 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 are you um setting up for the shot and how much direction is involved in um the subjects in your images the first couple of days i had a um i'd organized a a uni student who was a who was a um uh, through a friend, I'd, I'd, through a cameraman I'd worked with in Thailand, whose whose wife um, was Thai. They lived in New Zealand. They knew a, a, a kid who was um, born in New Zealand, but he was half Thai, half Kiwi, and he was studying in Bangkok. Right. So I'd, I'd arranged for him to come and like assist me and translate and things like that. But yep. um, turns out after the first sort of day or two of like walking around wrecking he wasn't overly keen so he sort of like left me, <clears throat> excuse me left me in the lurch wee but but we got, I did get um to go and shoot in one of the garages first before before that happened and 
um, there was a couple of blokes in those garages and they were just sort of getting on with the work and they took a little bit of direction but obviously I didn't speak any Thai and I, I just let them get on with it for the most part maybe sort of set up where they worked um, chucked up a couple of lights so it, it was I didn't feel hugely rushed yeah uh, the, the boss the boss lady was having a bit of a moan over my shoulder but I didn't understand her so I, <laughs> I kind of blocked her out a little bit and then yeah. later it was the the translator said that oh, she was having a bit of a moan and said what's this guy doing taking photos of me Blah blah blah. But yeah, look, I mean, I guess the beauty of not speaking the language is you get to sort of block that stuff out um, and you don't hear it. But um, there was, yeah, so there's two workshops I worked in, or three workshops I worked in. Um, The first two I got on the first couple of days, and then um, I did spend a few days sort of trying to find the the last sort of hero workshop. Uh, And those guys let me sort of shoot for for ages, actually. I just moved around while they were working. So, so that was that was great, you know. They were really obliging and were really happy to to be involved. So, so when you say a couple of lights, have you got assistants holding the lights, or are you, what, like what what, uh, what sort uh, of gear are you bringing with you on yeah, these? I, I, initially, because I um, my initial idea was to sort of strap a few lights onto a couple of long tail boats and just get the photos of the drivers. But um, so I had three three heads, um, and they were they were they, they were pretty pretty hard to sort of lug around. I mean, they're battery operated, obviously, so that wasn't too bad. And yeah. they, were, they were really light. But when you've got three of them and three stands uh, and your camera and all that sort of stuff, it lot. does take, take a bit of getting around, especially when you're dealing with water. Yeah. But, um, yeah, managed. It's lucky I'm a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I didn't didn't have an assistant for that. I had a, well, I had a taxi driver who was actually really good. He was um, – and I used him for for the last few days when my taxi drivers there. make the best assistance. That's what I use when so, I travel around the world. I get yeah, a taxi yeah. driver. I'm like, okay, I've got you for the day. You're not only my assistant, you're also my interpreter, and exactly. uh, it works really well. Yeah, he was great. You know, I mean, he didn't speak huge amounts of English, mm-hmm. but he managed to be able to sort of understand what I wanted and translate that to the guys in the workshop, which is, um, yeah. And look, this, this was obviously. Um, the first, the first one that I'd done, um, and I, I, I think if the, you know, if and when I do another one, I think there's a Cuba one when we open up. Oh, I'll Cuba, be, the mechanics in Cuba. Um, I don't. Well, I, no, it's a whole other thing. I can just research Cuba at my leisure. And uh, I you think, have to. I, I can't remember what the name of the um, the show is, but there's a, a show. There's a YouTube show about. Um, Cuban mechanics and the, the the lengths they go to to restore these cars because they can't get the parts. Yeah, so they're uh, using yeah, spit and gaffer tape and elastic bands and, you know, oh, like that's all... that's the thing with these Thai guys as well. That's exactly what they yeah. do too. It's do and, whatever it takes to get, a you know, the old engine going and it's and amazing. And that's what I was thinking when I was looking at these photos. You've got to get to Cuba. Yeah, um, look, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Cuba too. I've got as far as Nicaragua and, and didn't have time to go, but... Um, That'd be a fantastic group tour as well. Group well, that's, of that's that is it. That's the there's a, I think there's another serious project where we're going to Cuba, but who knows when that's going to be with all of the um, flights and and things being so affected. But um, yeah, look, like I say, that's that's a whole other whole other subject waiting to happen, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. So, and and um, what's what sort of uh, camera are you working with? Are you digital or are you a mirrorless or DSLR? Yeah, I've got mirrorless because of obviously all the, the, the unit still stuff that I've been doing for some yeah. TV, you know, and, and TV commercials. Um, I've, got so- I've got a Sony A7R3 yes. and an A7R2. So, um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're great for that sort of stuff. But also it's 
quite a lot lighter. I used to have a whole lot of Nikon stuff and also obviously medium format gear. So uh, it's a bit easier to, to, to get around with it with it now, um, which is good. You know, I mean, obviously the, the, the flying around the world with heaps of gear is uh, a pain in the ass at the best of times. But now that they're sort of clamping down on weights and bits and yeah. pieces and the types of batteries you can travel with and all that sort of stuff. What, um, what, uh, what lights are you using? I've I've got the the poor man's pro photos. I've been using some um, Godox. Fantastic, that aren't they? Recommended to me. Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I used to have a lot of Hensel stuff, and I still do. Um, it's way too heavy to carry around, um, and um, and just if something goes wrong with it, I, I had a head blow and oh no, the pack. Mm. I was shooting in Thailand, and you know it's forty something degrees, and it's just so humid, and the yeah. pack just but it, it 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 basically exploded. Um, and you know, getting that fixed is a thousand dollars. Whereas, if, if, and the Godox head is a thousand dollars. You just buy a new head. Buy a new head, you know. Uh, and it's so much easier to get around when the. I mean, not wanting to sound sort of. I'm not. I'm not sponsored by them at all. But, um, you know, the batteries are smaller and they last longer. You know, yep. all sorts of. Um, so yeah, I've just been using those. And it's, what and modifier are you using with your your Godox? It uh, depends a little bit on um, the subject. For those um, tough oily love, I just used the the bare head, uh, and actually, I probably even left it in a couple of those shots, actually. But um, oh, as a background, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And then I think um, I just used either a, a brolly um, on the boat. You know, I ended up having to st- strap a couple of heads on the back there, and yeah. they were just tied tied on with plastic rope. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I had a, a bowl with a bit of diffusion on it because there just wasn't enough room for anything else. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. You, you, you make do like you have to in the ink. Yeah. It's like you know, yeah, there's that's, nothing worse. Have you ever been like in a remote location and um, you're about to take the shot and you've just realised that you've left this important doohickey in the hotel room? Has that happened to you? Uh, probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> too traumatized by it. i mean i generally have a bit of a backup plan just yeah. in case but um yeah look i mean that's the thing about being a photographer isn't it you're a problem solver to start with um and and really taking the pictures at the end of the day once you've got everything set up and got to where you want to go is that's where that's where all the hard work comes in yeah oh god i miss travel so much just looking at these photos i go oh, i just want to go back I know, there I know, I know, I know. <laughs> hopefully not long so um What's next for you? What's 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 the plan? Um, I'm going to finish painting the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm notorious for starting stuff and not finishing it, and um, I'm determined to, to get it all done this time. I sort of started, you know, with the downstairs while while we had a bit of time on us up our sleeves, and um, went and did a bit of a bulk buy at Bunnings, but while we were allowed to, uh, so I'm going to finish doing that. I'm just, I think, really um, slowly, just sort of. Like I said, like I said to you before, I'm I'm pretty much starting again uh, here in Melbourne. So um, I've, I've just got to touch base with a few people and make make a few connections um, and just just build it up from there. But but the, you know the first year or two we've been here, I've, I've been a bit more concentrated on getting everyone settled in. Yeah. Um, but you know it was it was all a bit of a rush to start with. We sort of Georgie got offered a job, and within about a month, I think we'd moved. So. Um, so there was a bit. It was a bit of chaos in our lives around around that those first few months, and um, and getting Oscar settled into daycare and bits and pieces. Um, and, and yeah, he's studying school again. Uh, he's studying school next year. So I, I'm not in a huge rush to um, 
to sort of crank things up. I've 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 actually been pretty lucky in that I've spent quite a lot of time with him in this year just before he starts school. Nice. Uh, which not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So, uh, I, look, I think, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I've been pretty lucky, even though it's been a, a fairly terrible, stressful time for for, for us all. I, I haven't been as affected as a lot of other people. Yeah, and you've, uh, you're working on an online exhibition. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, uh, the, all of the um, the guys who did the uh, the online the online um, course, the series project, it was a sort of a, a COVID edition where we were all locked in our houses and sort of trying to come up with ideas and things to shoot while we couldn't really sort of do much. Um, there, there was a huge huge number of us on that on that course, and, um, and yeah, so we're all uh, putting together an exhibition, which is a virtual exhibition. It'll be on, yeah. um, you know, we've got a website set up, but it'll be. A, an online gallery that you can just click on the link and go to for free. Uh, opening on the 29th of October, it's called These Days uh, Works in Isolation. So These I'll, Days Works in Isolation. What's the link to that? I'll put it in the show notes. But it's, what... um, Yeah, it's www.thesedays.world. Yep. Um, uh, we've, we've got a, uh, Instagram and Facebook, obviously, as well. So Fantastic. Those links are all on the website at the moment. There's nothing um, showing there at the moment. We've got a, a, a landing page where you can sign up for some news. Um, and, um, yeah, the, like I say, the exhibition opens on the 29th of October. It's all been a, a pretty big learning curve for a lot of us just with regards to, you know, getting an exhibition going uh, where, we're, where, you know, not allowed to sort of go anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's nice to be able to sort of show some work that, that we've all sort of created, even though it's been tough. Yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to see it. And just to finish with, uh, Scott, what would be if you now could give your uh, little Scott some advice? <laughs> right? You're starting out and you're going to mentor yourself. What would you say to yourself now, 30 years out? What, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, I'd say get a mentor um, uh, and be persistent. Mm. Because it's, there are going to be um, tough times where you haven't got much much on um i'd probably tell myself to do more personal work because um, that's pretty much saved saved me i, I was doing a lot of, like you say you, you do these catalogs and they're mind numbing mm. uh, and you know you don't always get the work that you you want to be doing you need to you need to go about it and um get the work that you want on purpose i think i let myself um just f- go with the flow a bit too much um, for the majority of my career, uh, and I think I was probably quite lucky in a lot of ways. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of work came to me. Um, yep. You know, like you say, word of mouth is an important thing, um, um, and you know, maintain maintain those relationships with the clients that you enjoy working with. Yeah, fantastic. That's great advice, um, Scott. I wish you uh, continued success. Your work's beautiful, and. Um, yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing this uh, exhibition and, uh, you know, seeing where you go from here. Yeah, I, was, so I, got much... a, I got a sneak peek of it the other day and it, it looks amazing. It's um, it's really, obviously, you know, um, incredible to, um, to be able to do, do that and show, show people all around the world, um, you know, all, all that work. It's a, it's a great group of people and there's some beautiful stuff. Yeah, well, super well, exciting. Good, good luck with it all, Scott. Thanks again. Thank you. 
There you go, Scott McCauley. And I just love that um, he is so into these personal projects and the exhibition that he is involved in is called These Days, Works in Isolation, and it opens the 29th of October and you can check it out online at um, www.thesedays.world or over at Instagram on These Days World or also Facebook on These Days World. Of course, you can check out more um, about Scott himself at his own website, Scott McCauley. That's M-C-A-U-L-A-Y. But we'll put all of these links in the show notes anyway where you can um, uh, refer to them and link from there. Yeah, fantastic. So great to hear from Scott. So Mm. what else are you doing in the coming week, Gina? What's happening in Gina world? Um, So still locked down. (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know, uh, uh, my OCD is kicking in. So okay. now nice. I'm starting to look around the house and notice things like cracks and things like that. Cause you got time, right? Mm. So guess what I did during the week? Tell me. I regrouted mm. the tiles in my bathroom. Fun. The joy. It was fantastic. I'm so really? happy with how they look. Uh, it, it's not that hard. And uh, it was a great activity for the day. I'm really pleased with myself. I couldn't shower for a couple of days, but it's all good now. Um, And it worked. And then then, so I got the bug now and now I'm starting to go, oh, there's a crack there. Let me plaster that. And uh, now I'm eyeing off the the guttering because there's garden. You're not supposed to have gardens in your gutters, are you? No, <laughs> no. I've got so I've got a garden growing in my uh, gutters around on the roof. So uh, I'm going to go get those out. That's as exciting as it gets, Val. I did get a trip to the country last week. I got to hang out with goats and okay. baby goats, and that was um, absolutely beautiful. But uh, yeah, that's um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we might um, ease up on the lockdown coming this weekend. Fingers crossed. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm crossing my fingers for you. Because, yes. Yes. What, what about you? What about me? What have I been doing? I've been um, watching Netflix. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I have, um, you know, one area that in that one thing that I have been noticing, which is has been such a great opportunity for photographers in my area, is that um, – the real estate market is really yes. uh, um, hot right now. And yep. so therefore I'm looking at all of these listings and um, these comparing well-shot real estate mm-hmm. to not as well-shot real estate. Yep. And it's fascinating to see um, different approaches you know, to it. Um, and so I do think that that is an opportunity at the moment for Definitely. some photographers. It's depending on the area you live in, but some areas, um, particularly the more regional areas in Australia are yes. becoming much more popular as people um, are thinking of moving out of the city and yep. therefore, yeah, demand for real estate photographers of all things is the thing and that I'm yep. noticing. I've been noticing a lot of real estate uh, photography as well, and they do love to advertise uh, real estate agents. And so often the shots will be on billboards. They like to advertise mm. themselves, the real estate agents. Yes, and so they do. I was um, out with uh, a friend of mine uh, before COVID happened who was uh, relocating to the beach, and uh, I did like a lot of. Um, 
house hunting with her mm. and and like she'd be looking inside the house. I'd be outside looking at the board, talking to the real estate agent going, you know, your headshot sucks. <laughs> it's like, it's not doing you justice. It's like, look at you, look at that. See what I mean? And then, but the thing that I've noticed is I guess like a lot of businesses will hire who they know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so what happens with real estate is who do they know? real estate specialists. And so a great real estate, it's a skill in itself, right, to make a room come to life. So the best real estate photographers, not necessarily the best portrait photographers. No, correct. You see these portraits of like and groups, organising groups of real estate. Oh, my God, the groups. This is our team. Here's all 10 of us, right? Shot by Lined a, up in a row. Oh my god! Shot terrible. like a, a shot by a real estate photographer. Mm. Beautifully lit. Mm. You know, can't fault the lighting. However, the mm. posing and the uh, energy and that, like, they, they, it's shocking. So, because they go with who they know, so there yes. is an opportunity for photographers to get out and introduce yourself to these real estate photographers. Perhaps not the way I did it by just rocking up to open houses and going, <laughs> you know, your headshot sucks. That's not going to get you a lot of work, probably. So there are better ways to do it, and not by saying, you know, don't disparage the shot that they have, but like, no. you know, you ever need photography? This is my specialty. Here's some of the other work that I've yeah. done. You know, call, email, follow up, stay with it. And this goes for a lot of businesses that, you know, they go with who they know, mm. not necessarily the it's right person. So true because there's a real estate agent in my area who the the real estate shots are just fantastic whoever it is that they're using I was actually even saying to my partner today that those people their styling is impeccable cannot fault it every single place impeccable but their group shot of their off of the members of their team I'm looking at it just going I'd get you doing your um the button on your suit because they always suits I'd get you playing with the ring on your finger I'd get you sitting on that thing because they're all lined up in a row and it, they and look it, so it, it, bad and they all, yeah they all look like frightened or you know and, and, and it's, it's not mm. it's not fantastic there, there, there's so much more you could do with those shots so mm. yeah I think um, that is a, a really good opportunity to uh, go yeah. out and uh, pitch yourself. As a yep. photographer, and it might, it's like, it's not, don't be discouraged because it's like, I tell you what, when I started out, Val, mm. I like, someone said, Oh, you got to call clients. They don't come to you. I'm like, What? Mm. This was a revelation <laughs> to me. It was like, what? It's like, No, but I, I've got, um, I've got a business card printed. Doesn't everyone know I'm a photographer? They're like, no. How, how do they know that? No, no one's got any idea. You've got to actually go and ring people and physically show the follow and pitch yourself. And so yeah. I did, right? And I rang everyone once. <laughs> and I would do the, make the mistake of like, oh, hi. Um, is that Dave? Oh, he's not there. Okay, hi, it's Gina. I'm a photographer and um, can Dave call me back, please? <laughs> on the answering machine or you tell Jan the, the um you know the Lady receptionist accounts, yeah and then I would be so offended they didn't call me back oh they didn't call God. me back right or <laughs> or I would go and see a client and show my folio and they'd go yeah it's great we'll give you a call mm. and they don't call but you know do I follow up no 
So the thing is, when you're showing the folio, sometimes, or if you're contacting, it's play the long game. It takes more than one go. Like I've got uh, one client that I've had for the last 20 years, eight goes it took me. I kept going back. I kept going back every about every year and going, hey, mm. it's me again. I'm going to show you some more of my work. Hey, it's me again. And they just wasn't like they had. They were happy with who they had. There wasn't the right opportunity. And then mm. it's always when you're in the middle of painting your house and you've got plaster <laughs> and paint in your hair and under your nails and it's the mm. worst possible time, that's when mm. opportunity strikes. You'll yeah. get the call, hey, uh, Dave, like I got a jo- I got a new client once because the photographer that they were using actually died. Oh. Things like this happen, right? right? Or the photographer's booked and they're not, and they've rung fifteen people. You know that they're your phone call sixteen, but like this is your chance. You know, mm-hmm. cue Rocky mm-hmm. music. Get the pain out of your hair and get out there and um, you know, go pick up the gig. And then you know, once they started shooting with it, they're like, "Oh, we really like your stuff." And I'm like, "I've been calling you for eight years now." But then, and it sticks. Don't you find that's the case? It's not once. Don't give up after the first time. Yeah, for sure. I was talking to a writer today, an author in California who has um, released his second novel and it's it's very good. And uh, he had, before his first novel got accepted, he had, and he stuck them all on his wall, 250 rejections. Wow. Actually, oh, that's amazing. Fifty responses. And they're the people who bothered to respond. Yes, and the people just don't anymore. Mm. Um, and that's so common. You hear this You hear this a lot with writers, screenwriters, like actors. Uh, the mm. actor's life is one of rejection. So they might go mm. to, you know, 50 castings in a row and get a no and they keep going. And it's like, you know, you've just got to keep going and um, eventually – you get your break, you know, yeah. but but a lot of people give up uh, you know, first or they go, or, yeah, I rang three people, nobody called me back. This sucks. Mm. I don't want to mm. do it anymore. Yeah. Why have I got that voice? I don't know, <laughs> Gina. <about>. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, where do we find you online, Gina? Find me at GinaMilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, then check out the gold community. Just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.